This is Heather, and you're listening to Hey, this is Peter Hi, this is Justin. This is Alex Timothy. Hi, this is Alexander Stern, and you are listening to Radio Hi, this is your Mary Hi, this is Mike Stern. You're listening to Radio and you're listening to Radio Mopco. All right, let's get going here. It's to be the shortest podcast. It's only a 10-minute podcast. Before it turns to a slap fight. Okay. Yeah, what? I want to welcome Peter Delacus to episode number five of Radio Mopco. Welcome, Peter. Well, thank you very much for having me eventually. Well, you know, we have to work our way through. Yeah, no. Hi, John. Hey, good morning. Happy Sunday. Yeah, you too, man. Thank you. <laughs> well, you know, I'm going to um, I'm going to start off with what I, my usual standard question okay. questions I've been is um how would you Peter define improvisation? Making it up. Making it up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You know, making it up, paying attention to what's going on, just making it. Up. And uh how did you um get into improv? Uh well, I'd uh when I was in college, a lot of people were watching Whose Line Is It Anyway and saying, you should really be on this. You should do this. Okay. And um, I was doing stand-up. The British one? Uh, yeah, the British one. What was that guy's name? Uh, I don't know. I want to say Clive something. Clive Anderson. Sounds cor- correct, yeah. Well, you can Google it. Okay. And, um, you know, yeah, I think it's Clive Anderson. And uh, so I was doing stand-up uh, with my uh, friend Mick Isoda. And Mick said to me, there's this improv group that's auditioning. I've never been to an audition. Why don't you, uh, you mind coming with me? I said, sure. Um, and I got in and he didn't. Ooh. Because I probably had a much more easygoing attitude towards it than he did. So, um, yeah. And that was a group that was just getting started... Um, with James Yera uh, called Wit and Will and James Yera was and is a uh, a teacher um, a, hit, a um, theater teacher okay uh, I think in Bethlehem High School and he was a really good teacher actually that's uh, Michael Burns trying to be quiet and sneak in he's sneaking in making yes. sure we're not right. misbehaving and so uh, from there I was in uh, a couple other groups. Friends with gentlemen? Uh, <laughs> no, that was going on the whole time. Um, Just Good Friends. Just Good Friends. Was one of them. And we talked about that them with Amy. With Amy yeah, yeah, with Amy. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, around, and that's how I met Amy the first time. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, cool. Yeah. And then in 2001, they fell apart, as improv groups often do. And so I was in a, you know, I, I continued on with a group called Insert Something Funny. But while that was happening, I said, okay, so unlike the, t- the time I was spending with Jim, where I was really, you know, learning and being challenged, um, that wasn't happening. So I went down, started to go down to New York and take classes at the Upright Citizens Brigade. Oh, cool. That was before um, they got really, really huge. Okay. Just when sort of news of them had, you know, reached upstate New York. I guess. Gotcha. And um and that changed my perspective a lot. And so while I was doing that, I had taken time away from 
being in this other improv group. And I, I came back to go to a few rehearsals. Uh, and Kat Coppett showed up at one of them. Oh. And she'd just come into town. And we were rehearsing in someone's basement. It was really a, a dodgy situation. But they, they performed regularly at uh, a couple of local places. And Kat and I just sat in her, in her minivan and talked for uh, like an hour and a half after yeah, the you, rehearsal. Yeah, you can talk to Kat forever. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> in the meantime, Michael Burns and another fellow had started up uh, Mako again. And I'd seen the ad, and I <laughs> I called and left a voicemail and never got an answer. I thought, oh, well, I guess, you know, they don't like my stuff. And so the show, right after when I talked to Kat, Mike and another guy came to see us perform and asked me to be in, in Mako. Oh, wow. So I actually never auditioned for Mako. Oh. No. Cool. So there you go. But, um, you know, I, I found uh, the process of learning and being challenged at UCB really much more interesting than a lot of the politics that were beginning to develop because it was beginning to be a place where your career could be built. I mean, your livelihood could at, be built at, there. At UBC? Yeah, UCB, uh, yeah. UCB. At Upright yeah. Citizen Brigade. I mean, that's for real. People leave that place and have astoundingly successful and real professional careers. Um, you've done a lot of other shows here around the area. Yeah, I've, done other, I've done other kinds of theaters. What, what other things have you done around here? Uh, I've done a lot of stuff up at Hubbard Hall. I've done some summer Shakespeare and a Sondheim musical uh, called Merrily We Roll Along. That's told backwards. <laughs> uh, a play called Hadrian the Seventh. I was in All My Sons, um, where I got a, uh, a bad review that I totally earned. I remember reading it in the newspaper going, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, and I really took objection to it, and I was like, "Oh, how could they say that about me?" And somebody who saw the play was like, "Well," <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I, I still would like to do more out there. Only it involves giving up some things here, sure. and it coincides with, among other things, spontaneous Broadway, which I do not want to miss because I mm, love it. It's coming up. It's coming up, and it's it's such it's so satisfying as a performer. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. As a person, what does uh, improvisation mean to you? How does it fulfill you? Does it? It's like a Zen exercise. Okay. It's like driving in New York City during rush hour. It's a task that, in order to not kill yourself, means you must exclude all the thought from your mind. And I don't know how good I am about focusing on the other people on stage or doing many of the other things that you're supposed to be doing, but the ideal of it and the process of it, uh, I find very clearing and liberating. Cool. Yeah. You know, you need to, you, you just need to be in that world and on that stage, in that moment. I remember reading in the New York Times in an opera article about stage fright. Oh. And, you know, everybody has stage fright. Sure. And this... One person spoke, all, not off the record, but not for attribution, said that she had such bad personal problems that she loved being on stage because it was a time when nothing else in her world could touch her. Mm. Right. right. That 
that whatever else was going on in her world, she had to be there and in that moment and focused on what she was doing in a way that allowed her to completely exclude these other things from her life. Um, which I thought was really insightful and cool. John, you have any uh, questions for Peter? Nope. No. <laughs> no? Not currently. Okay. Nothing you want to know? Not currently. Okay. Thank you. You're very musical too, Peter. Um, I know you enjoy singing the songs, and you often turn a phrase. It's like, where did he get that? Because you've got this ginormous vocabulary. I studied a lot of... I hated having to study a lot of poetry in high school. I had this uh, English teacher named Ralph Capasso. Uh, was teaching us AP English, and he made us study a ton of poetry. And I really think that it, it's not just the rhyme, because rhymes are fairly easy to come up with, but the meter. Right. Uh, and and the poetic feat and all that. that I know, you know I, I, I really appreciate And that's, a, that's very much a feature of old older poetry, because after 1920, you know, poetry doesn't have to necessarily meter or rhyme. Right, right. Uh, I really appreciate your energy on stage. It, I've thank you. I've found that it it pushes me to be more energetic because I know even at like ten percent level, your energy's higher than most people's on stage. And so I, if you're, if you're going fifty or a hundred, you really have to push yourself to uh, to keep up. And I kind of appreciate that because it kind of keeps um, it's just a reminder like holy crap, I need to pay t- really pay attention now. You know, so that's kind of cool. Well, thank you. Yeah, let's um. Let's listen to. Uh, I've been doing this last couple of weeks. Seems to be working fun. Listen to a, a thing that, that uh, oh I think God, all thirty of us is, are. On. This is like being exposed to your, to your own previous testimony. Of yes, yes, it is. Yes, yes, it's in the record. Yeah. Uh, we have a choice here. I have two. I have uh, either the one that you, you and I and uh, Michael did, Uncle Granny. Uncle Granny. Oh my God. Oh, is it Auntie Granny? Isn't Auntie it? Granny. I'm sorry. Auntie Granny. I'm gender. Uh, Fiction, I don't know where don't know. she comes from. Anyway, yeah, or or the uh, Star Girl. Do you remember the one? It was the same. It was the same night that Justin called the scene, and we're, a lot of us were on stages. You and Justin, and we were John and I and Alexander were the Powderpuff Girls. Let's do Auntie Granny because I want to listen to that awful accent and see if it takes the wax out of my ears. All right, hang on a second. Let me God. pull it up. She here. gets in your head, and you can't be denied. All right, uh, I believe we've come up, pulled up right after my my song thing, and right before your. I think Briggs is asleep. It's okay. He's, no, he's focusing. I'm listening like a real podcast. <laughs> he's the first listener. You get an extra play. Maybe the only. You know, we're up to almost uh, almost 200 total plays on wow. everyone combined. So that's cool. Well, we gotta we gotta plug this. That's very cool. That's great. Well, once they've got my dulcet tones on. And you know, podcast. Mark Merritt said something to me very interesting the other night. He says, you know, we're always talking about improv and stuff and yeah. throwing out terms and stuff, and that maybe occasionally we should explain what the improv terms mean. Like, we, yeah, throw, sure. we throw out yes and, like, la la la. You know, like, like, yeah, it, we should do it that. It is scripture. So. so here we go with Andy Granny. Well, certainly vernacular, yeah. And, you know, feel free to comment if you can hear it. Okay. Yeah, I'll probably down a little bit. I know. I just down, just down, suck your soul right out.
that's the dollar thirty seven we got from the audience before the intermission. Aunt Granny sounds suspiciously like Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was a drive-by fruiting. <laughs> I keep trying to say that and I forget what the shirt's called. It's like, uh, I don't know. A moo <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? Oh. <laughs> I keep my own moment. Yeah, Cindy. Cindy, no, this, I think. It's Cindy last year. Yeah. This is my favorite moment, actually. She comes by. Tell me what? That's totally Cindy. I said, she was almost gone. Freeze. Michael, this is your Tony winning moment. I give you drips and drips of money, Aunt Granny. You don't even place a bet. You don't buy any chips, for God's sake, woman. What are you talking about? I'm a dancing girl. I can't get chips. Can we see one of your dances? It's only the truth.
It's all right here. I'm trying to work in the song. I have to tell you the truth. <laughs> There's the gong. There's the gong. There's the gong. Uh, and Granny had popped out Wednesday, two days before that, at a corporate gig. Would not be denied, I guess. I guess not. What What are you thinking about when you're when you're in the scene? Well. That particular character shares a lot of, uh, not necessarily in the accent, which is kind of Monty Python and kind of Cumbrian and all that, but shares a lot of her bluntness and uh, her worldview with a couple of a couple of people in my family. Yeah. And so you start out with that attitude. Go on. Yeah, right. <laughs> and you start out with that attitude, and then... It's wonderful because then people say things and react to you and you just react to what they have to say. And yeah, I love it when you that's it. finally get, you know, whenever you get like that, that hook in your character and you can just be thrown anywhere and you know what to say. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I also had that impulse to go back on stage, which I, I don't usually do when I'm done. I'm sort of out. But, you know, this is the sort of person who you couldn't hide anything from. Right. Try and tell me what. Right. But, uh, you know, hardly a, a genius thing. But also, it, you, if you listen to the song, too, my phrases or lines are a lot shorter than you would imagine. People say that, you know, oh, you're so clever, you make rhymes. I just keep it short and simple and do a lot of repeating. When you're, I, mean, I talked and, a little bit of this about with Amy, it was like when, when you're approaching a song, like I, I tend to approach it from like a real emotional point, kind of my jumping off point. What, what's yours? There's a message, and the, and you say to yourself, okay, so what message or what attitude or what saying am I trying to get across here? Okay. And that's, that's, that's kind of like your way into the song? Yeah, more or less. Okay. You know, especially as we sing songs, because they're cued. Sure. Right? And so you pretty much, you know, when they say that, so- in this ta- task, when they say that sounds like a song cue, you know what the song's going to be about. Right. Right? Yeah. And so you sing about that. And then audiences go nuts because they're like, oh my God, he said he was going to do it, and he did it. Right. You know, rather than wandering off the point, which has its own beauty. But, you know, again, that's just like, okay, so here's what I'm doing, and I do it. John, do you have any questions for Peter's process? No, thank you for asking. <laughs> why did you get out of bed? I mean, why are you here? <laughs> I don't make it about me. I make it about the guests. <laughs> exactly. Oh, good. Uh, rub my feet. <laughs> I believe the answer would be no. No, no thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. So he's very polite and is. Uh, you used to love it. Do you want to play, John? Do you want to play the the word game with mm-hmm. Peter? Okay. So you. I love this word game. I don't know why you guys burr, burr, try, burr. try to hurry towards the end of the burr, word burr. game. Stop it. What, what's wrong with you? No, he's just busting my chops. Burr, 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 burr. I, well, that's a theme song from another podcast, and I kind of co-op this game. Like, I heard it on that podcast, and I really liked it, and mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I'm going to use it, because mm-hmm. I really like it, and it's, it's fun for this format. Well, Picasso said, art is theft, but he's dead, so no one can sue him. 
So you know how this works. Yeah, we're, we're... I've listened to all the four other podcasts, the, the four, four other people that you wanted to talk to before you got around well, to me. Well, if someone hasn't listened to the yeah. four, okay. we'll explain it. Uh, so what we do is uh, I'll count down three, two, one, and you just the first round is you just say any random word. And the goal is, but uh, as we continue through the rounds, is to find a medium, something thematically or something that connects those two words and see if you guys can actually get to the same word. Okay. So far, it's only worked one time really, really good. Well, I mean... <laughs> that, was you, the, if, that was the first time I did if it. If you define it as working... If you define working quickly as working good, then yeah. Well, no, but, I, I mean, isn't know, the I, process itself It is process. It's a lot of fun, and we, we get a lot of checks and giggles, and people yeah. who listen to it seem to enjoy it, so... Yeah. So, we'll go. So, you guys ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Three, two, one. Velcro. John said Velcro, what'd you say? Cheese. Cheese and Velcro. So... Looking for a connection thematically here between these two. Ready, guys? Three, two, one. Aged. Aged and fur. Ooh. Got something? Okay. Three, two, one. Ear. What was yours? Ear. Ear and stole. Stole and ear. I stole as in like mink stole? Yes. Okay. Yes. See, I, I know... Been around long enough to know when people used, well, to, used to wear fur. Yeah, especially in Texas. Right? <laughs> yeah, they wear a lot of fur. Tech, and like, just eat it. Um, <laughs> hey, whatever. So we got, we got stole like in a in a coat, and yours was what was yours again, John? Ear, ear, ear. Okay, stole an ear. Okay, three, two, one. Muff. Shoulder, shoulder, muff, muff. Okay. Let me know you guys are ready. Mm-hmm. Three, two, one. Scarf. Navel. Scarf and navel. Oh, I know what it should be, but <laughs> I'm not playing this. Well, there's no should be. There's only what is. You guys ready? Three, two, one. Military. Military? <laughs> you both said military. Yeah. Wow. Because I was thinking of peacoat, but you know. Uh. Cool. Mm-hmm. That was neat. And since we have the word military, we'll use military as our theme. Oh, grand. For that, our song. Because that's always the best kind of music. <laughs> well, I, I got a different style here. Okay. Got a baby Kindle here. Uh, a bindle, I believe is what it's called. That's what mm-hmm. it, I believe it's yeah. been named. Or blindle. Or blindle. Or blindle. Because it's Blasio. And, no, we, we did that one already. Build the Blasio. Yeah, yeah there we go. Okay, so it's kind of like it's similarly structured to our sing along mm-hmm. format, where we got an eight bar intro, and then we got a 16 bar chorus, 16 bar verse, back to the chorus, second verse, and then it ends. So 16 bar, eight, eight, eight bar, eight bar intro, intro, 16 bar chorus, chorus, 16 bar verse, verse. chorus, verse, and it ends. Okay. Okay. All right, here we go. I'll cue you when to start. Military. Certain things alarm me, like letting Briggs join the army. I think he has far too much fun with his gun. 
Certain things alarm me, like letting Briggs join the army. Me shooty. I think he has far too much fun. Bang, 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 bang. Playing with his gun. One-handed reload. You know that day when he signed up for his duty. In blood. And said, I go and make fun and do shooty. With blood. I knew that this might be a little weird. Like blood. Blood. Because he wanted to shoot at anything with a beard. I see blood. I know there are things that really, really alarm me. Bring, bring. Like letting Briggs join the army. Because that boy is having far, far too much fun. <laughs> Shooting at things with his gun. Go with to his gun. First two. He's a shooting boy with a taxpayer paid lethal toy. Cha ching, cha ching. <laughs> Making the world safe to be free With blood A repressed guy Trying to look life in the eye Things are Only okay Only he isn't sure about Two, three, what four. he sees Like Briggs <laughs> joining the army he has too much fun shooting things with, with his gun. gun. Bang, 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 with bang, bang, bang. his gun. What's that he red stuff? He loves his gun in the army. That army gun. There's no life in your face anymore. In the army. The light is gone from your eyes. Here's in the, the end. <laughs> In the army. Just a bag Wagner opera? Turn this yeah. damn thing off. Relax, we got only got two more measures. In the army. Wait, we may have a phone call. Hello, I'm sorry. Mikey, are you on the line? Hello. Hi, Mikey. Hello. Uh, listen, uh, Briggs wants to know if you're finished cleaning his apartment. I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway. What uh, what brings you online to um, Radio Mopco today? I just want to say that I appreciate everything that you talk about. Oh, thank you, Mikey. We we appreciate your work uh, trying to keep Briggs safe and sound chained to a radiator in his apartment. <laughs> Mikey, how's that uh, job hunt going? Uh, well, I've, I've decided for the time being that I'll just stay at the paper factory. And I will uh, work with purple and maybe get the promotion to orange. Yeah, did you did you get the purple out of your skin? Oh, after many showers. Yeah. yeah. 
Got to use that lava but, soap. Yeah, of course. Salt scrub. Good thing that. Uh, yeah, good thing that uh, you had breaks there to loofah you up. That was. Uh, nah, I don't of, know what you're talking about. <laughs> right. <laughs> you can tell us. We know it's bad time. But yeah, so I just want to say that. Uh-huh. Uh huh. If um if anyone is going by the armory, I'm out waiting for the bus, but it's raining. Uh huh. So if somebody can pick me up. Okay. 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 Thanks, Mikey. Click. Yeah, Mikey's uh What? Oh. Gallo, yes. Dominoes? No, no dominoes. Click. Oh, God. Uh, pop that down. Thank you. Uh, there we God. go. Uh, yeah. He's an interesting character. Yeah, he is. I don't, what do you Should have? we give the phone number to anyone else or just keep it in for Mikey and Mary? We could give the phone number to everyone. Okay. Oh. All right, area code 518-555-5555. Extension 55555. And when it picks up, you have to say 5555. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about, Pete? Well, oh, you know, I forgot to ask you one question. What? Ask me anything. Earlier, um, what do you think makes Mopco special or unique? Part of it is the length of time many of us have been together. I think part of it is the welcome attitude we have towards new people and the openness we have towards ideas. And we kind of have a no-jerk policy, too. You know, that there's certain kinds of attitude or behavior that the means of, of receiving feedback is pretty, pretty prescribed within the group. And that doesn't happen everywhere. Right. I mean, we do a significant amount of... What do you of, think makes it special? Oh, man. That'll be my episode. Okay, fine. <laughs> you know, you can just record it now and cut it out. Exactly. Uh, you know, we, we we do a fair share of busting each other's chops all the time. Well, we know each other well. We know each other, and, you know, it's a, it's, it's a family. To me, it's a family. Yeah, in that you're stuck with these people, <laughs> whether you like it or not. Yeah, you, but it's 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 fun. We, we, we laugh a lot. We really laugh a lot. I certainly enjoy myself. That's not always the case in, in uh, some of the endeavors I've been in, too. Right. I mean... You know, it's fun. And the people are smart, too. You know, you, you have people um, who are dedicated to learning more and knowing more and doing better, too. You know, and not just trying to get away with doing whatever. Right. I mean, there are, there are groups who, who rehearse extraordinarily little. And I just think that shows. Right. You know, I mean, I enjoy the work. I enjoy working, and I'm not afraid to work. Hey, John, did I tell you about my um, news hobby? Yeah. Do you remember what that was? Well, you find antique cheese graters, and then you give them to people who are less fortunate. I love... Oh, wow. Yeah, I go out kind of like an- uh-huh. antiquing, looking for the cheese, cheese graters. graters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and Because that allows, that allows the poor to buy cheese in bulk. It's true. And, and save a lot of money. They can get you know, their BJ's card, which uh-huh. I think is the most unfortunate name for an outfit. In the planet, I didn't. When I moved up here from Texas, I uh, I saw that store. I was going, "That's got to be a big That's joke. A joke." Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I remember. It was, but yeah, I, I like to go. I, I found I found a a circa uh, Civil War cheese grater. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. It was apparently a soldier had dropped it on the battlefield and hmm. it had gotten gotten. Is that even a word? It had been yeah, sure. uh, excavated and. Uh, it was still almost in pristine shape because it wow. was covered in like you know some of that that protective clay. Mm-hmm. Wow, cool! 
and it was uh, very cool. Nice. And, and so when I find these, I clean them up, wrap them up, put put them in. I like to put them in a joke box so they uh-huh. think they're getting an iPad or something. Yeah. Uh huh. And I'd not let them know that there's something sharp inside. Right. Right. Know? Because, you know, what else would a homeless person need but an iPad? Yeah, and, and, you know, and they didn't really need their fingertips anyway. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of hand them out. And uh, it just kind of it, it fulfills part of part of my life with uh, cool. helping people out. Yeah, cool, cool. that's really nice of you to do that. Briggs and I have been to this place out, in, um, out on Route 5 that just that focuses on a lot of antique kitchen stuff. I only went there because there are cats in baskets. <laughs> uh, can you explore, uh, explain further what do you mean cats in baskets? There are two cats there, and then they just sleep in these baskets throughout the, the store. Yes. So. If, there, if there's something furry in a basket, Briggs is interested. He, he really likes his animals. I, yeah, I, I actually find that very he does. Very he does. charming and, and, and I sweet. Lo- like, I love cats, but I'm so allergic to them. And, um, yeah, I just bad. need to make sure I don't touch my face after I pet them. Yeah. Yeah, or wash I, my hands. I we have animals too, but uh, the kids love them, and oh. one of them likes to poop in the bathtub. So oh no! That's how I know when they change the cat box. Uh, oh, it's my, time. My 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 parents got. I learned I was allergic to cats because my parents got two cats from my sister. These cats were on the streets of Philadelphia, and then they they suddenly um, moved to this life of great luxury and yet structure. In Dutchess County, New York. My father, there's a picture on the wall of my apartment of him clipping the, clipping this one cat's nails. He clipped their nails. He would brush their teeth, too. That's just weird. Well, you know, he, he realized that it was good for the cats and that if they learned while they were kittens, they would be powerless to resist. And that tells you everything about my <laughs> childhood. <laughs> Do you, I, I know you're a big, uh, you've been taking... Taking photographs with Polaroid. I was for a while. I, I, Can you still even find that stuff? You know, there's a. First of all, uh, I found I ran across a bunch of old Polaroid film in my refrigerator that I've got to use up because the chemistry go, is what goes bad. Right. Um, but there's this uh, place called the Impossible Project that uh, started up making Polaroid film again, and oh, I, wow. I haven't um, bought any. I should, but they make Polaroid film. Um, the color rendition is very different from from the the normal film, and I really want to check it out. But I became very interested in that, and that's what's called the integral film—the kind that just the motor shoots it out of the right, right. Okay. And then the peel apart kind. Uh, internationally, the patent on that—not in America, but internationally—the patent on that expired. So Fuji makes uh-huh. peel apart film, which is kind of what I, I began to prefer. Um, but I, I like Polaroids because, again, the accident, whatever you have to deal with, that's there. That's, sure. You know, it's, it is very much like improv in that there's no copy. It's this, by its own definition, one of, one of a kind, series of one I, art. I believe all of the pictures in my personal baby book are Polaroids, <laughs> which totally dates me. <laughs> my, mine are all Kodachrome and Ektachrome slides, uh. so I've got, to, um, I've got to print them up. Um, I've got to get a scanner for them. Uh, I got this one scanner that has uh, a light not only underneath but up top, which is what you need in order to get, not get what are called Newton rings, which are reflections off the um, emulsion of the film. And I can't find the software uh, that would drive the printer from uh, Windows 8. So, huh. yeah, so I gotta, I actually, gotta do some searching there. I actually have a working 16 millimeter. Projector. Mm-hmm. 
cool. I have two little films. It's sitting on top. It's an art piece at the moment. It's sitting uh-huh. on top of the uh, entertainment center. But it's, uh-huh. it's kind of cool. I picked it up for like 50 bucks at a resale place when I lived in Chicago. Cool. Cool, yeah. cool. You could pick up. There's a, the, I love what's called junk tinking. I love the <clears throat> buying, buying stuff inexpensively. Briggs, I have a question for you because I know you are really interested in not only comedy but the history of comedy. And I realized we've never really had a talk about the National Lampoon Radio Hour, uh, which for those of you listening uh, is, was indeed a radio hour that was actually turned into a radio half hour, but they never changed the name. Uh-huh. Um, that had um, Bill Murray, it had uh, John Belushi, and, just, uh, and then a whole bunch of writers from Saturday Night Live, Michael O'Donohue. A lot of people f- who came into the first cast of Saturday Night Live. So, I was wondering, Briggs, if you if you've heard a lot of their stuff. I've never heard it. I've only read about really? it in multiple books. I, you know, because I have a bunch of their stuff. Yeah, hmm. I could sure lend you. Okay, which I, I love. I love their stuff. That they they what's considered avant garde comedy now. Uh, you know that very sort of they have this one thing. You know, Jane, I have no pep. I feel tired, run down. What you've got is an advanced malignant tumor of the brain. Uh, you know that it's considered edgy. It's been around as, as long, almost as long as I've been alive, and and I'm no spring chicken. Uh, but you know that sort of attitude. I'd like to feed your fingertips the Wolverines. That first skit that was started on the national <laughs> oh, radio hour. Wolverines. Wolverines. Yes, that play playing with expectation and language, uh, which I love, but I don't do a lot of because it's not my. What would it, it's not my thing. I mean, it's not what I. Um, it's not what I succeed at doing. I, I I also think it's not my home. You know what I mean? Okay. You know, I because I, you know people talk about the different attitudes and styles of comedy, but I I love it and I love exploring it. What would you like to work on on for you personally? Um. Or just I really like to work on honest vocal and physical characterizations. You know, and not just sort of squawking about, <laughs> uh, but really studying accents uh-huh. and vocal patterns and being able to re- reproduce them. So that's my next thing. Cool. Uh, but, yeah, why? What would you like to see me doing? I'd like to see you play some understated characters. You know? Mm. You, you do the high energy, over the top guy, because that's basically. Yeah, I have a lifelong fear of being ignored. Uh, well, you know, you can't, you can't be ignored. One of it. Yeah. <laughs> but and I mean that would, because conversely, I would, I would like to try to play more high status characters. Yeah. Well, then you gotta, you know, you, you gotta know, you make gotta, that. You gotta you, be there. But you get, yeah. But, but you know, that's the other thing is, is you know. There are two sides to that coin um, that, you know, well, you want to you wanna have a variety of characters and play a variety of statuses. But also, you know, if everything is, the, is if nothing is there and there's no energy, somebody's got to make an offer, you know. And so I, I often uh, ran into in other groups and in other iterations instances where people would just want to stand there and say nothing but then you know, nick you for actually playing rather than having, you know, taking 
admissions so that people could just watch you stand there. Right, right. You know, um, we were talking last week about the kind of the power of silence. Yeah, and the confidence too. I mean, you really have to have confidence in your stage worthiness and your ability in order to in order to be still and be silent. Yeah, that would be interesting. Well, do you have any other questions or anything for? Yeah, Pete? what's what's Pete? on your mind this week? No, thank you. Really? <laughs> what's going I'm good. on? So you know, I. I, I so who's what the hell was that slurp? <laughs> that's me drinking some coffee. Okay. I don't, you know, I, I I just think that when October runs around, we sort of have lost a significant portion of Briggs's brain to football. He no longer pays attention to to the world at all. He's just sort of there for. the I think duration. he's paying attention. I think he's just being polite. No, I don't think he's being polite. You I don't think? think? I think he's just tuned out. He's 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 taken a couple of Sudafed and he's like dead to the world. You want to, John? You want to tell us about? Where we're playing and, and all our relevant information. Absolutely. So we are performing every Friday night at Proctor's. Show starts at 8. Doors open at 7.30. You can get tickets at the Proctor's box office or th- online at proctors.org. Uh, do we also have a link through mopco.org to get tickets for Proctor's? I believe so. There's also a link there for the podcast. You can yeah. just click yeah. on there to go straight to it. And it's the podcast is also up on iTunes. You just put in uh, Radio Mopco, Mopco in the in the search in the iTunes store. Yeah. So our website is mopco.org, M-O-P-C-O.org, uh, the Mop and Bucket Company on Facebook, Mop at Mopco on Twitter. Uh, find us. Tell your friends. We're very close to a thousand likes on Facebook. Nice. I think we're at nine twenty four. Oh, last cool. I saw. We should have a celebration for that. Also, you 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 tweet. I do. <laughs> See what I mean? Yeah, I know, but, uh, we also have a dedicated uh, email address for Radio Mopco, and that's uh, radiomopco at gmail dot com. Yes. So if anybody out there wants to comment or give us some ideas, or or any Nigerian princes need yeah, uh, to get bailed out of jail, right? Or if anybody has any like uh, credit card applications floating around out there, or if they just want to send in your social security number, we'd really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, thank you. Okay. Uh, well, Peter. I want to thank you for being here for number five. Thank you. Listen, thank you very much for having me. No problem. John, thanks again for helping out. Five golden rings. Four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a mob go in a pear tree. All right. You gotta listen to Alan Sherman's Twelve Gifts of Christmas. Nope. <laughs> Not you. And scene. Oh, please. All right. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.
This is Heather, and you're listening to Hey, this is Peter this is Justin. This is Alex Tennyson. Hi, this is Alexander Stern, and you are listening to Radio Mocha. Hi, this is Kat, you're listening to Radio Mocha. Hi, this is Mark Burns, and you're listening to Radio Mocha. 